Anyone who is a paper airplane aficionado can tell you that some of the best material for making paper airplanes is the church bulletin. <laughs> the particular weight of paper used traditionally in church bulletins is just one of the best I've ever seen. I was preaching a revival in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana one time, and it was a wonderful experience because in the afternoons we'd go calling, but we had a couple of hours to spare, and I'd go up in the balcony with paper airplanes, and it just flew so beautifully in that auditorium. By the way, if any of you have missed that holy uh, endeavor, I pray that somehow you'll find your path to it. <laughs> what a season we've been in. As John referred to in our time of prayer, it seems death has just permeated our atmosphere, has it not? Beginning with Sherry Jackson's funeral on Monday three weeks ago, and that same day Marin Bro's mother uh, died, if my memory is correct. Then Debbie left for her mother's funeral in New Jersey in the middle of the week. Shirley Norcom's funeral on Friday. And then the next week, Thursday and Friday, Holy Week services. I tell you, for me personally, there's a funereal atmosphere those nights as I grieve over what our Lord had to suffer in order to redeem you and me from the fires of hell. And then Tuesday, Carol Meek's funeral then I believe it was Thursday, James Manchester's brother died. I don't know how it's been for you, but it just for me, there's been such a pall in the air as death seems to be something we can no longer ignore someday. <laughs> but we're impressed with the fact it's reality. Not only something we'll experience someday, but... It is reality in our midst these days in a way I've never seen it before. Tuesday, after Carol's funeral, everyone had left the building and I was the only one here. Now I went into the prayer room and spent probably three hours approximately there just praying and meditating and I could not escape a question that kept going over and over in my mind. At that funeral, Ron King was supposed to sing a solo, but he was physically indisposed, and so I sang the solo. Face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face what will it be when in rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me? And that question would not leave me face to face with Christ my Savior. What will it be? as he looks at my life. Most of you know that I begin my day, 
most days of the weeks, pre-dawn prayer, and a major focus of that time is, oh, Jesus, please audit my life. Show me what pleases you and what displeases you. Maybe I'm doing the right thing, but why am I doing it for the right reason? Am I doing it to avoid retribution? Am I doing it to feel good about myself? Why is my motive what you want it to be? Face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? I have no fear of hell. <laughs> you know, it's especially something I feel more and more preaching. I mentioned at the elders this morning, I'm now in my 71st year as a preacher. Never been ordained for anything other than that. And as the years go by, I find increasingly the weight of what it means to stand in the pulpit, a sacred and holy role to be God's spokesman. And someday, when I stand before him, I'll have to give answer for everything I've said about God and his will. I'd better get it right. I'd better get it right. You know, none of us has any choice, really, as to how we're going to die. <laughs> Some will die in a violent traffic accident, perhaps. Some will die after a prolonged illness. Some will die quickly. My father had scarlet fever as a child and had the valve damaged in his heart. And so the heart would pump blood out and then blood would come back in. If he overexert himself, the heart would start blowing up like a balloon. And when he was 57 years of age, he got out of bed one day and started to walk down the hall and his heart burst and blood poured out of his mouth and he grabbed my mother and dropped dead instantly. Some of us will go like that, bang, and it's done. For years I've appreciated Cullen Bryant's poem, Thanatopsis, beautiful picture of as we live our lives let's look at nature and see the beauty of what God has done and live with that thanksgiving in his heart in our heart <laughs> and then these closing lines so live that when thy summons comes to join the innumerable caravan that moves to the chamber where each takes his place in the silent hall of death Thou go not like the quarry slave at night, scourged to his dungeon, but sustained and soothed, like one who lays down and wraps the drapery of his couch about him and lies down to pleasant dreams. <laughs> Isn't that the way we want it to be? It can be that way, of course, if we're in Jesus Christ. We have little to say about how we will die, but oh, how much we have to say of what it will be after that moment. And you know, as I sat pondering about the spirits of these dear departed ones, 
pondering where are they today. There's a lot we can't answer, but the Word of God does give us some information. Now, sadly, the King James Version, 1611, translates three words as hell. Hades, that's the first one, which we anglicize as Hades. Geana, which really is garbage, we'll talk about in a minute. And Tartarao, three different words. King James all translates as hell. And some modern versions do too, but most are making now a distinction between those words. Let's think about them. Hades or Hades. That's the place that refers to where all of the departed spirits are abiding. The Greeks believe that when one died, the spirit came to the river Styx. And there was a boatman there and you had to pay him a fare for him to take you across Styx into Hades. For that reason, they would always put coins on the ibis of the corpse so he would have the money to pay the boatman to get them over into Hades. But their view of Hades was certainly not someplace I'd ever want to go. Their view was that in Hades, nobody had a memory, you know, had an identity. You just wandered around a spirit even anonymous to yourself. That's far from the picture we have in the Word of God. Seems there are two areas, apartments we might say, compartments maybe in Hades. The one where Jesus is, where he is waiting for us. The Greek term paradisus is used, which we anglicize as paradise. Remember Jesus said to the thief on the cross, Today thou shalt me with thee in paradise. And Paul, describing in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 4, sort of clandestinely describing himself, says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a man was caught up to third heaven, and I know how such a man, whether in the body, apart from the body, I do not know, God knows, was caught up into paradise, paradisus, and heard the inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak. And in writing his letter to the seven churches of Asia, Jesus said, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Now, paradise originally was a Persian word, pardasse, and according to the Greek uh, philosopher Xenophanes, the word means royal garden of delight. Isn't that beautiful? Royal garden of delight. The day our Lord Jesus dwells in the royal garden of delight. Today, that's where Myrna is, August 20th or rather October 20th, 2008. That's where Barbara went. (laughs) 
That's where Shirley is. That's where Carol is. That's where Willard and Nettie are, Herb and Gigi. On and on we could go. The Royal Garden of Delight. Isn't that a beautiful thing to think about? Where the Lord Jesus is dwelling with all of his godly ones. Bill, I so appreciated your word you brought, Shirley's funeral, emphasizing the scripture that said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his holy ones. And as I sat listening, and I thought of that wonderful blessedness that we will have in that garden, royal garden of delight with Jesus. And I thought of those whom I love deeply who are suffering so much. Lord, why does their life have to go on? Why not end it all and welcome them into that royal garden of delight? Isn't that a beautiful thought? Now, my brother and sister, I expect someday to be with every one of you in that royal garden of delight. For many years, KBEZ on Sunday mornings had about three hours of what they call songs of faith. Ms. Barb and I would sit having our early morning coffee <laughs> prior to our early morning prayer. We always had that program on Sunday morning listening to those songs of faith. There's one particular song, as soon as it started, she'd say, turn it up. <laughs> and the song was, I want to see Jesus. The song spoke of a person who died and went to heaven, saw Abraham, Jacob, and John. But he said, I saw the mansions of glory, but I said, I want to see Jesus. The one who died for all. That was an important song to my wife. And on October 20th, 2008, that yearning was realized in the royal garden of delight. That's the part of Hades where Jesus dwells. And all those who have come to him in this life also dwell. The other part of Hades is rather difficult to label. You say, well, there's another region, clearly so. What kind of label do you put on it? That's <laughs> uh, hard. There's really some ambiguity as to how we label it, although we know about it. Peter, in his first epistle, refers to the location of men and women who were sinning in the time of Noah. God gave them 120 years to repent. Noah preached a preacher of righteousness for 120 years, but no one would heed the call to repentance. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust. This is 1 Peter 3:18 and following in order that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, 
in which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison, who once were disobedient, when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which were a few, that is, eight persons were. And corresponding to that, immersion now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers have been subjected. Notice he says that those people who refused to heed the preaching of Noah and they were destroyed in the flood, the place it says that they were consigned to is the Greek word phulake. And phulake refers to a guard, to a watch, or a prison. And so the King James very appropriately says, these are spirits now in prison. And unfortunately, the King James says, Jesus went and preached to them. Bad rendering. The word is not euangeleo, which means to evangelize, invite people, but is keruso, which is to make an announcement. And so he went and announced to these people, let me tell you what I've done. What a thought. So is that other compartment called Fulake? Or is that just referring to the name of that part where those who sinned in the day of Noah? Here's another word to consider. The Greeks believed that in a subterranean area under Hades, there was a place called Tartarus. And Tartarus was where the gods meted out punishment. We find that term referenced only once in Second Peter 2, 4. God did not spare the angels when they sinned. These are those that followed Satan when he rebelled against God. But cast them, and the King James and others say, into hell. But the Greek word there is tartarao, and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment. So tartarao means cast into Tartarus. <laughs> uh, is that what we should call that other part of Hades? I really don't know. <laughs> that Literally, here's how that verse reads. If you read the Greek literally, for if God, and angelos really means messengers, if God messengers who sin did not spare... But with chains of thick gloom, having cast them down to Tartarus, did deliver them to judgment, having been reserved. So even though there's a part of Hades where the damned are waiting the great judgment day in the end of the age, it's really hard to know what kind of label to put on it, except it exists. And they're waiting not in the royal garden of delight, but in some kind of of a spiritual prison. And then there is that third word, Ge'ena. When I grew up as a boy in Muskogee, Oklahoma, a northeast edge of town was a city dump. And in those days, there you'd have your house located on the street, this street, then in between was a an alley. And 
out in the back of every yard next to the alley, there was an old barrel, and you dumped all your trash in that barrel, and every few days, perhaps once a week, I don't remember exactly, there was always an all-over town, some kind of an old man in an old wooden wagon pulled by a mule that would go down that alley and empty all the trash cans into the bed of his wagon. Once it got full, he went to that city dump on the northeast edge of town, and there dumped his load. He didn't like to go around that place very often, the city dump. First of all, there was always heaps of smoldering fire and coals. There was smoke rising from it and a horrible stench. That was a city dump. You know, Gehenna, which is, we would say, hell, refers to the village of Hinnom, south of Jerusalem, which was a Jerusalem garbage dump, where there was always a fire and smoke and a stench. It's interesting that that's the term that is used to describe the fate of the damned, the eternal garbage dump. In Mark chapter 9, we find recorded, if your eye causes you to stumble... Cast it out. Better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes. Be cast into Gehenna where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. He's really quoting Isaiah 66, 24, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. The eternal garbage dump. And I can still in my mind's eye picture that garbage dump in Muskogee. Wow. What a thought. And yet, even though I know when I die, my destiny is that royal garden of delight, I still will have to give answer for how I have lived. Paul wrote this in Second Corinthians 5. We are of good courage. I say, prefer rather to be absent from the body and be at home, as Bill emphasized so well at the funeral. Therefore also we have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may be recompensed or rewarded for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good are bad. What does that mean? Well, the only way I know to understand that is that someday I'll stand before God and he'll say, Jim, why'd you say this? Why'd you do that? Why'd you think this? And what kind of reward I get <laughs> to a degree is going to depend on what I've done in the body. Your reward, Jesus said, your reward is great. Speaking of those who are persecuted, your reward in heaven is great. For so they persecute the prophets who are before you. The Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels. And then will reward every man according to his deeds. So it's interesting the word reward occurs 35 times in the New Testament. Sometimes positively, sometimes negatively. Depending upon what kind of recompense is given. Because of that is that question 
face to face with God my Savior, face to face, what will it be? <laughs> that question haunts me, and I pray that God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't care whether or not you even have a funeral for me. <laughs> Let me die, be gone, be forgotten, but be known in the courts of heaven. As God audits my life, I thank him that he is faithful to show me what I need to change. I long for the words of Psalm 1914 to be true of me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, my God and my Redeemer. As we look to the future, no one knows how far this future will be. A great judgment day is coming. And Scripture contains more than one description of that day, but let me read from Matthew 25. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right, the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, Gaena, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. And here's a more lengthy description from Revelation 20. The devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and false prophet are also. They'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne. Him who sat on it from the preds of the earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. Sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one, according to their deeds. And death and Hades were thrown to the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tent of God is among men. 
He shall dwell among them. They shall be his people. God himself shall be among them. He shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. I can ask no more serious or deeper question of you this morning than this. Is your name in the book of life? That's the most serious question that can ever be asked. If not, it can be. If you acknowledge the fact that you're a sinner and accept in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins and signify that by being immersed into his death and rising from the watery grave of immersion into his death, rising from the watery immersion to live the life in him and receive the Holy Spirit to enable you to live that life. Oh, what an opportunity. I dream that the great judgment morning had dawned and the trumpet had blown. I dreamed that the nations had gathered to judgment before the white throne. From the throne came a bright shining angel and stood on the land and the sea and swore with his hand raised to heaven that time was no longer to be. And oh, what a weeping and wailing as the lost were told of their fate. They cried for the rocks and the mountains. They prayed but their prayer was too late. The rich man was there, but his money had melted and vanished away. A pauper, he stood in the judgment. His debts were too heavy to pay. The great man was there, but his greatness when death came was left far behind. The angel that opened the records, not a trace of his greatness could find. And oh, what a weeping and wailing as the lost were told of their fate. They cried for the rocks and the mountains. They prayed, but their prayer was too late. The moral man came to the judgment, but his self-righteous rags would not do. The men who had crucified Jesus had passed off as moral men too. 
The soul that had put off salvation. Not tonight. I'll get saved by and by. No time now to think of religion. At last, he had found time to die. And oh, what a weeping and wailing. As the lost were told of their fate, they cried for the rocks and the mountains. They prayed, but their prayer was too late. I'm thankful that does not describe my experience on the day of judgment. Because when God says to my spirit, come home, I will be entering the royal garden of delight. And I'll see the holy ones of our midst who have gone before. And I'll see Jesus. And I'll especially see Barbara. May God bless you.